Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Beyond the Pearls podcast, based on the Morning Report series from Elsevier. This podcast has been adapted for audio in collaboration with series editor Dr. Raj Dasgupta, as well as the volume editor for each book. Each episode features an in-depth case dissection format and aims to deliver practical, concise, and easy-to-digest information. And now, here's today's episode. So let's see this. What about this 29-year-old woman Oh, with a history of depression? All right, maybe something for my psychiatrist out there, you know, is referred for a PSG and MSLT to evaluate what? Hypersomnia. Okay. Um key findings from her nocturnal PSG are over there. So we have our total sleep time of 430 minutes, sleep efficiency of 92 minutes, arousal index of 14 events per hour. Um, The HI is pretty good at 1.5 events per hour. And we look at the different sleep stages, N1, 7%, N2, 73%, N3, 20%, and RAM zero. And where are we going with this? All right. Which of the following medications is most likely to cause these findings? So what are these medications? A, protriptyline. And you guys can just tell me this. I wish you guys were here. We could have so much more fun. What category of drug is protriptyline? Yeah, it's a TCA. Fluoxetine, that's going to be what? SSRI, citalopram, SSRI, phenylzine. Man, I, I don't think I've ever <laughs> given anyone phenylzine. Um, oh, my God. Does anyone know what category of drug phenylzine is? Yeah, I think it's an MAOI. All right. Um, and trazodone. I mean, one of my most common, uh, you know, medications people use for insomnia that's not even FDA approved and go figure and it works more on serotonin. All right. So what is the, what is the abnormality here? I'm looking at this. Well, I think they're trying to infer the sleep stages, right? Everyone. And what really jumps off, uh, jumps out at you as what's abnormal with these sleep stages. Yeah. REM sleep. I mean, uh, patient's only 29. I mean, uh, you gotta have a little REM sleep. You know what I mean? So I guess they're asking you which one of these medications is really the most likely to cause zero REM sleep. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, shout it out, yell it out, throw it in the chat. I'd love to know. This is one of these nice little tricky ones they're going to ask you on the board exams. And the answer is it actually is phenylzine. 
I'm not joking. That's the right answer. So why did I put that there? I mean, TCAs, SSRIs, SNRIs, I mean, can they kind of like, uh, you know, um, block REM sleep? The answer is, yeah, they definitely can block REM, decrease REM. And how do I know that? Because we use SSRIs and TCAs and SNRIs for what sleep disorder sometimes? Narcolepsy. But you know what? Phenylzine, you know what I mean? It's an antidepressant that we don't commonly use, but that one really annihilates your REM, you know, more than any of these other antidepressants out there. So if you're asking me based on this, what one really likes to shut off your RAM? The answer is the MAOI. So it's kind of a tricky question for the boards. So just a couple quick things that MAOIs, they will ask you on the board exams. There's non-selective types like phenylzine. There are selective types that you may see in what? Parkinson's patients, you know what I mean? And MAOIs, how do they uh, kind of help out when we talk about people with depression? They increase serotonin and norepinephrine and especially dopamine, you know what I mean? But of course, in a classic family practice question or internal medicine question, they always like someone who's on an, you know, an MAOI eating some cheese or drinking some wine and they get a what? tyramine crisis and i put it right here the little picture of someone eating a little cheese and getting what sweating and tremors and dizziness or blood pressures through the roof they have the pounding fast heartbeat so that one is just going to be a little memorizer when we talk about which category of antidepressants suppresses rem the most all right what about this one everyone which of the following has been most commonly described as a sleep-related consequence of lithium. Go figure. You know, honestly, let's be, I mean, people don't really use a lot of lithium, <laughs> but uh, if you do, I guess it's for like, you know, bipolar, but you know, but they still love asking lithium on internal medicine board exams, whether it's gonna be a sleep medicine board exam. I remember when I, when I do sleep medicine boards, I mean, you can guarantee it. It's always someone that comes in with what? They're going to be a little bit on the, they're going to be working up for someone for like, what was it? A nephrogenic diabetes insipidus. <laughs> so anyways, but what about this? What sleep-related consequence can occur? Is it when you use lithium? Is it sleepwalking? Is it getting REM sleep without atonia? Is it going to be inducing narcolepsy? Is it going to be work? you know, getting sleep disordered breathing. I, I think I'm assuming they're referring to obstructive sleep apnea, the most common. Or is it getting restless leg syndrome? What do you think? So let's, how would I take this, uh, approach this question for the board exams? So what category of drug would probably induce REM sleep without atonia? Yeah, it's probably going to be what? An antidepressant, TCA, SSRI, or MAOI. So yeah, I don't think it's gonna be this one, right? It's not lithium, so that's off the bat. What sleeping aid will probably induce narcolepsy? Yeah, those DORAs, those dual orexin receptor antagonists, things that, remember, orexin, an alerting neurotransmitter, really the key thing when we talk about narcolepsy, but that's not here. Sleep disordered breathing, what can really induce sleep disordered breathing? opioids, not really lithium in itself, and restless leg syndrome. Once again, thinking about SSRIs, SNRIs. So you're kind of bullied into picking what over here if you didn't know the answer. Yeah, A, sleepwalking, and that's actually the right answer. 
So when we talk about lithium, that lithium actually increases slow wave sleep, go figure, I definitely would know that for the board exams, very few things increase slow wave sleep. It does decrease REM sleep. And, you know, based upon previous studies, around 7% of users, it's not a big number, you know, have reported sleepwalking. All right. Are you folks liking this? Do you guys like these one-liners in regards to the medication use? All right, cool. Um, let's talk about this. 64-year-old um, woman has been diagnosed with depression and is complaining of difficulty sleeping. What a surprise, you know? Which of the following agents would be most likely to address both concerns? So difficulty sleeping. So you definitely wanted to help out with that, maybe the insomnia part of it, but also be helpful for depression. Hmm, good question for the boards. Is it gonna be bupropion? I think we go by the brand name Wellbutrin. Is it gonna be mirtazapine? Isn't that what we call Remeron, all right? Uh, my psych people probably know this way better than I do. Cetraline is Zoloft. Venolfaxine is, I believe that's going to be Effexor. And Fluoxetine, classic, uh, Prozac. So um, which one is going to help out with uh, depression and help out with the insomnia at the same time? Well, let's go through this together. I mean, what about uh, Fluoxetine, Venolfaxine, and Sertraline? All of those are what? SSRIs, SNRIs. And they, most of the time, not all of the time, they kind of cause what? Insomnia. Why? It's a serotonin. You know what I mean? And, you know, serotonin, dorsal, raphe nuclei. And I know there's many receptors out there, but in broad strokes, you know, serotonin is kind of an alerting neurotransmitter. So, I mean, um, usually when we see our patients on these SSRIs or SNRIs, we give them what? During the morning. So it kind of leaves you with a and B. Now, bupropion is, a, you know, an atypical antidepressant, but it really causes what? Alertness. You know what I mean? It's kind of a, it's not really a sedating, you know, antidepressant. Of course, what did we all memorize? Don't give bupropion to people who have what? Seizures. Very good. Very good. And I probably use bupropion for my pulmonary patients who what? Smoking, right? We call it Zyban in those cases. So if you didn't know the answer, you're kind of bullied into picking what? mirtazapine, which is huge because it's definitely going to be an antidepressant that helps out with what? With sleepiness. It makes you sleepy. And what makes uh, mirtazapine very unique is that it goes by the brand name Remeron. And it's one of the antidepressants that does not suppress REM sleep. And how do I remember that? <laughs> You'll love this. REM on. Remeron. And that's where it came from. <laughs> so all you folks listening today got an extra point on the board exam. So I hope you remember that. So anyways, it's highly sedating and it also helps out with what? Depression and anxiety. So this is one of my favorite slides in the entire world. So what is gonna be my brand? My brand is called what? Beyond the Pearls. And I, this is one of my Beyond the Pearls slide that will talk about all the medications that I've seen uh, teaching sleep medicine board review for quite a long time. I actually took the board uh, sleep boards twice already. That's how old I'm getting. All right. So uh, number one for the sleep boards, know your benzos. You know what I mean? So when we talk about 
FDA-approved medications for insomnia, there are really only five categories. Number one, benzodiazepines. Number two, non-benzodiazepine receptor agonists. We call those what? The Z drugs. Number three, melatonin agonists. Number four, certain antihistamines, really speaking about the histamine associated with an antidepressant that, uh, that we're gonna be talking about, we refer to uh, as doxepin. Then the last are going to be these DORAs, dual or rexinate receptor antagonist. You know what I mean? So those are the only FDA, FDA approved, you know, um, medications for insomnia. So when we talk about the benzos, they're not all FDA approved. Certain ones are, but you really should know your half-life. Why? Because on your boards, they talk about sleep onset insomnia, sleep maintenance insomnia. It's good to know these things. So Triazolam, which is classically on the sleep boards, has the shortest half-life for a benzodiazepine. The longest half-life is fluorazepam, goes by the brand name Dalmain, so I would know those. For the Z drugs, now I don't even need to quiz you, you folks know this already. For the Z drugs with the shortest half-life, think of Sonata, because Sonata begins with the letter what? S, and S stands for what? Short, so that's gonna be Zalpion. Uh, for the longest half-life, think of Lunesta, because Lunesta begins with the letter what? L, that stands for long, so Azopoclone. And everywhere in the middle is going to be what? Ambien, right? That's going to be what? Uh, Zolpidem. Very good. Now, TCAs. Now, let's be honest, you know, for my pulmonary peeps, neurology peeps, that, uh, you know, we don't prescribe a lot of TCAs, but not all TCAs make you sleepy. Some TCAs are going to be alerting. So... How do I remember which TCAs for the boards make you sleepy? Think about uh, this kind of acronym. And I'm not really big on teaching acronyms, but I thought this one was kind of cool that this is called ACID. Don't do it. I'm <laughs> just joking. But ACID stands for what? Amitriptyline, clomipramine, emitriptyline, and doxepin. Those are all the sedating TCAs. And the ones you'll probably use the most on the boards is what? Doxepin. It goes by the brand name Silnor. You know, for Silnor, it's at the three and six milligram dosing, but Doxepin, you got to use it, what, at the 10 milligram dosing. Um, but yeah, know your sedating TCAs. Look at bullet point number three. MAOIs are the most potent REM sleep inhibitors. And that's why I put that question on the board exam there. Prozac eyes can be seen with all the SSRIs. So, so when you're sitting down, you know, scoring your sleep studies, always remember, hey, is, it, is the patient on an SSRIs? You can see those, you know, it looks, you know, those Prozac eyes. Um, reports of REM behavior disorder. You can see that with SSRIs, S SNRIs, because both of those will inhibit atonia in REM sleep. It inhibits REM sleep atonia. Remember, in REM sleep, you don't want to be moving. You don't want to be reenacting your dreams. That's why when you're working up these people with RBD, you definitely want to, if it's safe, that's always the big question on the board exams, don't be stopping anyone's antidepressant till you talk to who? Of course, a psychiatrist. Because if you don't talk to a psychiatrist, who's going to come through that door? That's right, the lawyer. <laughs> I agree. All right. Uh, bupropion is an atypical antidepressant. It increases REM, so that's something to know for the boards. It's also good because it decreases PLMs. And I think that if they ask you a restless leg syndrome question, if they ask you, hey, 
Someone with restless legs has depression and they need to be on a medication, which one would you use? Classic board question is going to be use propion because remember SSRIs, SNRIs could increase PLMs and can make restless leg syndrome worse. Uh, next bullet point is denazepril. Now that's a medication that we use for patients with Alzheimer's, one of the most horrible diseases ever. And what does denazepril do? It's a choline esterase inhibitor. And of course, you know, ACH, acetylcholine is a neurotransmitter used for what? Alerting, it's a neurotransmitter for what? REM sleep. And I guess that's one of the most important pearls for your boards. What is the neurotransmitter for REM sleep? You know, acetylcholine. And of course, if you're giving someone a cholinesterase inhibitor, they're gonna get what? Vivid dreams. So that's a known side effect. And of course, acetylcholine is also, you know, the neurotransmitter for what? Awake, so you can develop what? insomnia and it's you know how sad it is when you have alzheimer's disease they just don't have a good sleep cycle awakenings throughout the night you know irregular sleep wake it's it's very sad um when we talk about atypical antipsychotics you know whether it's going to be quetonipine which is going to be seroquel or risperidone or brand name abilify abilify is actually the most minimally sedating antipsychotic so just wanting to memorize, you to memorize that if they ask you that question on the board exams. And a drug that I know that I don't use as much because I'm not a psychiatrist is buspirone. And it's important because buspirone is a non-sedating an uh, anxiolytic. It's a non-sedating anxiolytic. So that's a nice little important thing is most anxiolytics are what? Sedating. It's the only one that's non-sedating. And then many of my, you know, previous fellows and people that train with me always ask about prazosine for nightmares. And unfortunately, there was an article that came out that stated that it really doesn't work. You know what I mean? And does it mean that for those who had a good experience with it, that you shouldn't try it? Probably not. You should take it individualized. But treating nightmares, especially if you have PTSD, it's, it's horrible. We don't have a lot of weapons for it. But for your board exams, do we use it for nightmares? The answer is what? No. Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Pearls podcast from Inside the Boards. This podcast is executive produced by Christopher Brightigan and Dr. Patrick Beeman. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not medical advice. Ars longa, vita brevis.